1: eyes of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and John on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation.
0: Phil who? Bonus Scoop time on Tuesday means that there is no Phil Mackey on the screen. Instead, it's Zolgad. It's executive producer, Declan Goff. It is the star of the proceedings. We see him twice a week. Yes, you, sir, on our shows. And then, of course, he has the Scoop podcast as well, as well as uh, doing full-time work downstairs at Channel 5 Iowa his new sports department. Scoop master Darren Doogie Wolfson. How are you today, sir?
1: I'm doing okay, Judd. Although, like, back in the day, teenage years... In my twenties. A needle didn't freak me the F out. I'm about okay. to, as soon as I'm done talking with you, I go yep. get my flu shot. Okay. It's nice and convenient, right? They come right here to Hubbard Broadcasting. It doesn't get any easier. Right? Yep. So I'm going to get my flu shot at one forty five. I'm not looking forward to it, Judd. I'm the other I'm way really around. Not. I'm a, a whim
0: now. As a kid I hated it. As an adult, I it just Yeah it's gotta happen. So I'm just I'm just okay don't with look.
1: it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a necessary evil. Yeah, You're I right. won't look And it's not like I'm going to curl up in the fetal position, start crying, but I'm just not big on needles in my forties now.
0: The only time that I can say this on our programming and not get in trouble, it truly is just a little prick. Yeah. Well That's all it is. It's just a small bang and then it's done. I know. It doesn't it's more the thought. The actual action is fine.
1: Yeah, and the band aid goes on so quickly. The nurses are so great. You know, yeah. And I don't even freak out at the sight of blood. It's yep. just, I don't know, it's, it's this mental mind game I'm playing with myself. I right? know. I'm I know. mentally it, mind-bleeping myself, thinking that it's really, really bad when it really no. isn't all that bad. It'll and eventually, fine. now, hey, maybe this will be a political statement, right? Maybe some people listening will be like, dude, no, you're an idiot, that. but I will get my COVID booster, my additional get, COVID booster at some point. More so because I'm not even quite sure, like, some of these sports organizations right now are requiring mm-hmm. vaccination, right, proof to still? have clubhouse access or whatever it is, locker room access. Now, the NFL actually, no. The NFL has said, yeah. we don't care. The but, Wild's like, Major not. League Baseball, like, we still had to wear masks. When no, I'm no, interviewing know, the I,
0: Twins that's from
1: last in the clubhouse, so. even though the Twins, I know, which we'll They're get to, year. but the Twins in September yeah. were an afterthought, but... Like, yeah. three weeks ago, in the Twins clubhouse, still yeah, had know. to wear a mask.
0: That'll be done, I think, next year, so we're fine. I hope right, so. so. I hope we're moving in that
1: direction, let's, but let's get as long as, it. as it's let's still a thing, I'm just, going to get it, but I just I don't I like need news. your help. Yes, please. I need
0: your help because, you know what? I don't know if it's my I'm a giver email, joke. my personal Gmail, my, my company email, but somewhere along the lines... My invitation to the Twins uh, post-season press conference with Derek Valvey on Monday got lost. It just got <laughs> lost. It disappeared. It got eaten by the Gremlins. So I didn't get to go. You did a- and spent quite a bit of time at target field so take us through what you learned for a team that one would certainly think after a just an epic collapse is going to be making some changes this winter
1: well it's not like it was the first epic collapse in a september even going back to the years they won the division made the playoffs september has been an issue under rocco going back to his first year so that's Mm -hmm. something we need to pinpoint at some point to figure out why in month six of the season They have played so poorly, not just this year, but going back multiple years. What I gleaned, well, first off, I will give Derek Falvey. Now, I'm not happy that for some reason you didn't get invited. Maybe some other media members didn't get invited. But I appreciate that he gave two hours of his time. So I was told to be over there at 11 a.m. on Monday. And he would spend some time with the writers. Then from a TV standpoint, I'd be able to get him on camera. So he wanted to do the writers informally, no cameras. Then he would sit down and do an on-camera interview. Well, I figured maybe 20, 25-ish minutes with the writers. It turned into 85 minutes. To the twins' credit, like multiple PR people in the room, they didn't put a kibosh on it. They didn't stop it. Right? It, it just it was question after question, like, Judd, I put a request in the other day, maybe I should have realized this, but I didn't to speak with Quesi Adolfo Mensa on the record. I just figured, hey, four and one, Kumbaya, let's catch up with the Vikings general manager. Not gonna he happen. is literally not doing any interviews in season. This entire season. So it's the Spielman thing? Yes, postseason he will.
0: are you getting a bye week? Because Spielman used to do a bye week.
1: I know he did. Well, if that's the case, that will be news to me. I put in the request, I was told he is not doing anything in season. Now, hey, the NFL trade deadline is early November. If they pull the trigger on a move, he's going to have to talk. So circumstances Mm -hmm. could change this, right? But as Mm -hmm. of now... Now, I don't feel that bad because it's not like The Athletic or Channel 4 or Channel 9 is getting some sort of exclusive with Kwasi. Not that Kwasi is going to say much anyway, but I just figured, hey, like he's the general manager. It would be nice to hear from him, but I was told he's not doing anything in season. So that's why I have a greater appreciation for Derek Falvey today than almost ever before that he donated two hours of his time. And in his words, more off camera. But hey, like you guys are the messengers. He goes, whatever you need, because it was a car wash. So he does the 85 minutes with the writers, which I sat in on. So I took a bunch of pages of notes. Then he sat down with Channel 4, sat down with Channel 9. I was last by design, just figuring if I go long, I go long. But I was fearful that he just wouldn't have anything left. Right after doing all those interviews, answering all those questions, I joked to them I'm like, Derek, I still hope you have something. I hope you saved your best for last. He was good for the most part. I get it. There is some word salad. What did he say? Derek
0: What what did you get? Tell me what you got. That's what I want. He
1: brought up, I forget the exact line of questioning, but he turned a corner on a narrative that I believe you have championed that he, the front office, makes lineup decisions, certainly makes bullpen decisions. So when a guy is coming out, you know, fifth inning, whatever it is, that it was the front office pregame who predetermined that move, which I'm not necessarily denying. I do not have inside knowledge that the Twins do this, but Joe Madden has a new book out, right? Yes. Joe Madden has alluded to this. This isn't just media talking heads, right, yep. spewing this. Joe Madden has said with the Angels, he was controlled in this regard. So I get why it's a talker, but Falvey said there's a narrative out there, and I'm telling you, I think he was talking directly to you, Judd. That's why I wish you were in the room, that there are certain people out there that think I, others in the front office, make these moves, and that is flat out false. So if you want to take him at face value, he says he has nothing to do with that. Sure, there's a lot of information, you know, Bandied about in pregame meetings. Certainly he's in Rocco's office pregame. They have back and forth, but he is not predetermining, okay, Dylan Bundy is coming out after that second time through the lineup, no matter what. He says Rocco has full power in that regard. All right, when it comes to team matters, so the news of the day was Michael Salazar, trainer, fired. What was interesting to me is because I don't think this is coming as a surprise to anybody, is that Derek said, I don't want to put all the blame on Michael. Yet the optics suggest all the blame is being put on Michael. This was the one move that has happened. Derek also said, hey, it'll be easier this winter compared to last winter with the lockout to keep track of some guys where we can do some more stuff from a preventive, you know, prevention standpoint, you know, in terms of some of these soft tissue injuries, right. you know, you look at Sonny Gray dealing with multiple hamstring issues throughout the year. Well, in Michael's defense, like he wasn't allowed to correspond with the players, December, January, February. Yes. So to me, the optics, and exactly. I brought that up with Derek. I said, Hey, the optics just look really bad. And he acknowledged, Hey, you know they get they get the optics part of it, but he said it goes deeper than that. It was a move like he figures had to be made, you know and and you know he bounced it off a number of people. It's not like it's a dictatorship over there; they're big on collaboration like the Vikings right and so they came to the determination it was time to cut the cord on on the trainer on the coaching staff front. I never got a vibe that Tommy Watkins was ever in trouble. Now, is it possible he is reassigned? I mean, I'm not saying, like, right today, Judd. He is the third base coach on opening day come late March. Like, that Mm -hmm. is not set in stone. Tommy Watkins being part of the Twins organization, yes, unless he gets some sort of promotion. There are many managerial openings right now. So he's got a lot of friends in the game. So is it possible some new manager plucks him? Which, by the way, is fine. Oh, sure. I have no problem with him sticking around.
0: Yeah. No, no, but a third base coach is where I want him removed from. So he can stick around, too. Sure. And he's a very likable guy,
1: right? Mayor, nickname, all that. I mean, you're not going to find anybody to say a real bad word about Tommy. But I'm Mm -hmm. just saying, like, it's not set in stone today that he's the third base coach come next late March. But they do want him here. On Pete Mackey. I said this, I don't remember if I said it on the most recent Scoop podcast, if I said it on TV, but I am on record somewhere saying, I expect to see a change with the pitching coach position. Where I gathered that was, like, I'm not making this up. It was trending in that direction. Then Falvey in Chicago, that last series, had a Mm -hmm. number of conversations with pitchers. And Derek talked about those conversations with pitchers playing a role in the decision to retain Mackey as the pitching coach. Now, they may augment, right? They may add, you know, in fact, they're going to have to add somebody, right? Because they elevated another guy. So they're still right. looking for a run Bullpen game coach coordinator, yes. run prevention coordinator. They've got all these coordinator type positions now, coach. all these assistant coach type positions. So they they're are going, going to add some sort of pitching, coaching help. But by title, Pete yep. Mackey the bullpen coach who came in when Wes Johnson left for the LSU job in the middle of the season, elevated to interim pitching coach. He is now the pitching coach. So that did surprise me, but my understanding is it changed after those conversations with some players in Chicago. The other headline to me was that Derek has already had some conversations with Scott Boris, the agent for Carlos Correa. So the wheels are in motion Judd, I got the vibe from being over there. They are going to make Correa an offer. The question is, will we be able to unearth the exact details of that offer? And if we do, I like my chances to eventually find out what the offer is. Will we consider it a fair offer? I mean, heck, they made Torrey Hunter an offer way back when. Different regime, I get it. But it wasn't a fair offer right before he signed that mega deal with the Angels. But the Twins did make him an offer. Turns out the Angels made him an offer that was pretty much double what the Twins had offered. Right? So, in reality, the Twins' offer really, way back when, wasn't all that fair. So, I'm telling you. I'm telling the audience. They are going to make Carlos Correa an offer. We fully expect five days after the World Series, that is the day where he needs to let them know, am I in or am I out? Carlos Correa has the hammer on his contract, a player option. Next year, $35.1 million. Does he want to, you know, opt in to that contract for next year and be a twin for $35.1 million in 2023? Or does he want to elect unrestricted free agency at the age of 28, just turned 28 in late September? Well, guess what? He's going to elect to become a free agent. So that will be his choice, but the twins are going to make him an offer. I'm just telling you, I got that vibe. It's not like Derek went on the record and said that, but. That's the vibe I get. They are going to make him an offer. I'm not quite sure that will surprise many people watching and listening right now. But the question will be will it be a fair offer? So even though we talked for eighty five minutes, you know, we talked about Kepler, Polanco, Arise. We went up and down the list of almost every player. Chris Archer, Dylan Bundy. There are options on those contracts. Those guys are going to become free agents. Yep. On Miguel Sano, remember the twins brought back that last homestand, a bunch of injured guys. If you recall Miguel Sano did not come back to town. We already knew the Twins were not picking up the option for Miguel Sano next year, but that just tells you all you need to know about Miguel Sano's chances of of remaining a Twin. So Miguel Sano has played his final game in a Twins uniform. He went back to the Dominican to rehab. So those are still some questions out there, though. Like I got on Twitter earlier today, Judd, somebody asked, hey, like, how does Kent Maeda fit into the equation if and he listed a bunch of names, including Chris Archer? And I tweeted the guy back. I'm like, Chris Archer? What? Like, Chris Archer's not going to be here next year. So right. there's still some confusion out there. So let me just clear that up. Dylan Bundy, the Twins can get out from underneath that. There's an option. The Twins are not exercising that option. Same with Chris Archer. The Twins are not exercising that option. Miguel Sano, the Twins are not exercising that option. Right now, there are 50-something players on the 40-man roster, Judd. Some of that roster cleanup, that 40-man cleanup, will begin as soon as the next few days.
0: Okay, interesting stuff. All right, did we get any questions or specifics about why Wes Johnson left in June? Because if you buy that he had to go recruiting in June with with his team in first place, you will buy a great piece of swampland from me right now. I'd like to know why Wes Johnson really left. Uh, There's an underlying current of things that went incredibly wrong that have not been uncovered yet. That is one of them to me.
1: Well, going back to that day in July, that time in July, that topic did not come up yesterday, unfortunately. There were so many things that came up. That was one that just didn't come up. But my understanding going back to July was, Judd, that LSU said, this is the offer. It is a great offer, Wes, but we need you to take it right now. And if you say no, the offer is not going to be there for you in October. And so it was an ultimatum to Wes. Hey, we want you. Here's the offer, but you need to come right now. Wes then said, okay, this offer's too good to be true. How do I turn this down? I'm sorry, twins. I'm out the door.
0: That's in- interesting because you would have thought that the recruiting process could have been done through Zoom. like Like we've seen National Football League assistant coaches take jobs in season, head coaching jobs in college. And then Zoom with kids like they carve out a certain amount of time and they get through their year. So I just, I find it intriguing and, and I'm not putting words in your mouth. Uh, and I appreciate the fact that Derek took time to talk, but I am, I have, I'm skeptical about what they say. I'm skeptical about Rocco. I'm skeptical about Derek. I don't think. Well, we that's get the
1: beauty of you, Judd. You're anywhere close skeptical to the truth. by nature, which I love about you because not every Twin Cities media member is like that. So. I'm glad your tentacles are constantly up. I'm just telling you, on on the Wes Johnson situation, yep. like yep. trust me, the twins were very open minded to Wes just finishing out the year, then allowing him to head to Baton Rouge. Yeah, but LSU yes, exactly. said that was the roadblock. LSU said, no, Wes, you either yep. come now or you're not coming. You know, some yep. of it was now, you know, I'd call BS on this, but Wes connecting with a lot of the current players, the pitchers, right. you know, exactly. some of those guys out at you know, the Cape, yeah. the Cape Cod you know League. So traveling you know out what? there is, to spend some time with some guys. Hi, it's agree. your new
0: pitching coach, Wes Johnson. How are Correct. you? FaceTime, Zoom,
1: StreamYard, whatever it is, whatever app it, you want to use. There are ways to do that. I agree on that. But LSU figured, I'm telling you, like it's dog eat dog in that, in that SEC baseball world. Like that's a mm-hmm. different animal. We can't relate up here in, in Big Ten country when it comes to baseball. But like college baseball down there. Think about college hockey to some extent, but magnify it by about five or ten times, Mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, as passionate as those college hockey fans are, it's a niche sport. It really is. It's just it's such a small fan base, but they are incredibly passionate times that by five or ten to think about SEC baseball.
0: All right. um, uh, Wolves or Vikings? Where would you like to go next as far as scoopage goes?
1: Well, we can certainly go Wolves if you would like. I just had somebody text me so who's here. close to C.J. Ellaby asking me if I had any buzz on, on what's going on with C.J., who the Wolves have not played in the preseason. He signed an Exhibit 10. Right now, unless Eric Pascal, who to me doesn't look to be in phenomenal shape, although I guess even going back to his Villanova days, that's sort of Eric in, in a nutshell. But he even alluded to a media day. How he almost walked away from the game. So unless Eric loses the passion, he's on a two-way contract. I just don't see how, and I think Luca Garza is an NBA player. I think C.J. Ellaby is an NBA player. I think P.J. Dozier is surely an NBA player who will help the Wolves at some point. How about that? And he is medically cleared. He is still working his way back into game shape. But he is medically cleared. So maybe we'll see him as soon as this next preseason game in L.A. against the Lakers. But like P.J. Dozier, I think, is going to impact the Wolves at some point. Maybe not at a high level, but in some form or fashion, I can see P.J. Dozier at some point. I'm not talking October 19th, but at some point helping the Wolves. But otherwise, I think the roster is pretty much set, right? Like, can I see at some point a Nas trade Sure, right? Nathan Knight's on a non-guaranteed deal, but like I think Nate Knight makes... Makes the opening night fifteen, but just like baseball, not as much as baseball, but just like baseball, the roster is always fluid. But when it comes to CJ Ellaby, Luca Garza, like I yep. see those guys if they want to be in Iowa, playing for the Iowa Wolves to start to start the year. Otherwise, Jalen Noel continues to kick butt. Like you can see why Judd he turned down three years, nine million, four years, thirteen million. Those two offers made by the Wolves. On, on the extension front in June, but he said no. And I get it. Like he is lined up to play minutes, Malik Beasley gone. So Jalen Noel is going to get more minutes this year than he ever has. More teams will have cap space next summer than this past summer. Like there's every reason for Jalen Noel to bet on himself to get paid, not necessarily here, but get paid somewhere next summer. But if you've been watching the Wolves through these first few preseason games, he looks really, really good.
0: And Cat Cat uh, returned against the Lakers on Sunday, correct? Yeah, the Clippers. I did not see that game. Yeah, Cat played, played. Yeah, sorry. against the Clippers. The Lakers. Yeah, on yep. Sunday.
1: The next game is is against the Lakers. Cool. Where look for Rudy and Cat to play. They have two preseason games to go. One against the Lakers. One against the Nets later this week at Target Center. Then the season opens a week from tomorrow at Target Center against oklahoma city well so far through the preseason gobert cat have not played in the same game together so look for that to happen here these final couple preseason games
0: outstanding all right vikings scoopage with them uh, being four and one now and getting set before the bye take on the dolphins in miami possibly i guess against the dolphins third string quarterback too if teddy's not back because i'm guessing Tua will not be for that game
1: well yeah i'm guessing too although you know, I was going back and forth with an agent for one of the more high-profile Vikings. He said, "My client told me, you know, they're going to prepare for Tua. I mean,
0: it's oh, not yeah. hard said, to
1: turn a corner on Teddy. I mean, heck, I think right. I can throw a ball farther than Teddy right now, right? Oh, like they have Tyree wow. Kale, they have Jalen Waddell. Teddy cannot oh, throw team. a deep ball, <laughs> right? That so is offended. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to prepare a whole lot. Remember Teddy like at hero. U.S. Bank Stadium <laughs> a couple years ago? That game in twenty twenty, he looked I know. cooked then. He's a heck I of know. a story, right? Like I'll never forget twenty sixteen, everything that took place. But yeah, it's like yeah. he's been cooked for a while. Kudos to you him know. for making eight nine million dollars still as a number two. But it's not like there's a whole lot of preparation that needs to go into preparing for Teddy Sleep.
0: You're sleeping Bridgewater. On Teddy completely, mm. maybe I Kiss am. Kiss of death. Yeah, maybe. Right? Yeah, You're absolutely. But I'm with you. Like maybe
1: day. hard to see Tua playing on Sunday. Teddy, you know we'll wait and see, but. You know, they have injuries at their tackle positions, their cornerbacks, Howard, yes, Jones. Howard. Now, Howard, Xavier Howard, very well could be back on Sunday, but yeah. Byron Jones isn't going to be back. Tyree Kill left the game on Sunday in a walking boot. He was on the injury report leading into that game last Sunday. Point is, Judd, the Vikings are getting the Miami Dolphins at the perfect time. I wasn't sure yes. three weeks ago if this was a very winnable game. This now is a very 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 winnable game. I fully expect the Vikings to win on Sunday.
0: All right, I am um I've got a question for you because I'm borderline obsessed with with the topic involving the Vikings and you would have the resources to have sniffed around this and I don't know if, if you have yet, but um and I think I asked you about this le- last week, but again, I'm obsessed by it. Daniil Hunter, okay? So he did have a sack on Sunday, his first sack since week one. In fact, going into the Bears game, he did not have a sack or quarterback hit since week one. He had the sack on Sunday. Nonetheless, uh, when the PFF defensive grades came out for the game against the Bears, I think he was in the Vikings' bottom three defensively. Um, Do we have, have you talked to anybody who has any idea as far as right now what's going on there. And, like, is this a scheme problem? Is this a him being banged up still from last year, the last two years problem? Like, he's the one question mark. I get everybody else, and they're sort of aging, and, you know, it is what it it is, to use the cliche. Deniel, I think, is my biggest surprise, because I don't see how this defense is going to have long-term success, Doogie, if you don't get Deniel to a point of at least being a fraction of what he can be.
1: I agree. He's healthy. He feels fine. Okay. That okay. from him. That from others. You talked to him last week. Yeah, I did. I yeah.
0: yeah I saw that. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I and that. I appreciate him stopping. Like I yelled across the room. I'm like, Daniel, you have a minute. He turned me down really? the two previous weeks, but this time he actually said, "Sure, I've got nice. a few minutes." Not that he said a whole lot, but hey, the fact that he was willing to talk, I'll take that as as a win. You know, in his yeah. words, he's still adjusting to the three four. Right. And so I don't know, like, how to quantify, like, where's the cutoff of, okay, you should be, like, fully right. in on this, right? Like, it's not changing. Do you need a full year to adjust from a 4 3 to a 3 4? Do you need a half a year? Should he have it now by five games after training camp, all that, OTAs, mini camp? I don't know should where the cutoff him? is, but just in his words, on the surface, right. without right. doing a real deep dive, Judd is he feels like he's still getting used to the 3-4, that it's an adjustment, right? And so he's just not all the way there comfort-wise.
0: It's intriguing because I totally get that, but you you would think that at, at some point soon here, if that continues, that almost from a coaching standpoint, you would try to do things to help him, right? Like he's too, he's too good a player to be like, well, this is going to take nine weeks. I, I would think that there are ways, and I don't know how, but I would think that there are ways to try... And make him as comfortable as possible short term to feature him because he is, to me, he is the one guy who, if he continues to play like this, I don't see how you're eventually going to beat good teams well, defensively.
1: I'm with you. So you can probably help me on this. I don't know how much you watch the all 22, break down the film, but Daniil told me, Judd, that they do play the 4 3 from time to time, that they're not they always in the 3 4. And his
0: hands on the ground sometimes. And
1: his hand is on the ground sometimes. So So, yes, he's
0: not always a stand-up.
1: Logic would tell you the way to help him is you do more of that, right? And you know, apologies. Uh, The boys had their last fall baseball games last Sunday, so I was watching the game on my phone, in and out, trying to balance what was going on on the field. Well, so now I'm locked in. Fall baseball's done. Uh, Sunday was a bit of a train wreck, but mom
0: and dad are the fall baseball season was good. But Sunday,
1: okay. specifically Sunday, was not so good.
0: Okay, because, I mean, we need those kids to both get scholarships and then to go <laughs> pro to help you two out. That would be fantastic. Yeah, And then you can give us the scoop. I'll tell you what, still the
1: younger one might have a chance at an academic scholarship. Uh, yeah, you already know that oh, one. The I. older one. Oh, no, no, no chance at that. Either one. I, yep, I'm a joke. Work ethic is oh. there. Hey. He works hard.
0: Uh <laughs> and I, that's how Judd and I are here.
1: And it's not going to be basketball. <laughs> not in the Hopkins basketball factory oh, that we're in. Oh, That's Oh, you've got to get him
0: out of there. You've got to get him out of Hopkins. Yeah, well, guess what? Private if he goes anywhere, it's going to be tr- to your alma mater. Vanille?
1: hmm
0: Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Well, Nothing wrong with that. All right, sir. Nothing
1: set in stone. Just you know, something that's I appreciate it. Darren's about kid is going to Benilde. No, no, no it's no.
0: just going to cost you about fifty grand yeah. per well, year hey. if he can get get in. Which cheaper now than the other told. private school in the neighborhood? It's true. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That would All be right. Breck
1: for those who don't know the West Metro. Yeah, we're not Blake going to Breck. Wheeler,
0: baby, Blake. All oh right, yeah, no, Blake, no, no. Hey.
1: hey, they've produced some athletes. David Roddy, my guy, David. Right, had that's a good preseason opener for the Memphis Grizzlies. He's going to get some here.
0: Yeah, go get your no, shot. No, no, I'm
1: trying to delay. I'm trying no, to delay go get the shot. The, shot. the needle, I don't want to go get the is needle coming Bye. Yeah, See yeah. You no, no, I want to pontificate for a while here. Seriously, let me filibuster. I don't. I don't want to go get the needle, Judd. All right, I guess I have to go for basketball. By the way, secret scrimmage. I forget if I mentioned this on Thursday. So if I did, apologies. But secret scrimmage on the 22nd against Colorado State. Go for football. That home and home at Alabama. Thirty-two, thirty-three. They actually reached a deal with Alabama many, many weeks ago before the season. They just happened to announce it today. It was Alabama who sought out a number of schools. It just so happened Mark Coyle, others with the Gophers, were able to wrap up that deal. Alabama was looking to fill a hole on their schedule, 32-33, because they were going to play Oklahoma, but now Oklahoma's shifting to the SEC. So Alabama had a non-conference opening there. 10 years out, 11 years out. So Gophers, Alabama in 32 And 33. Nets and Nuggets scouts have been through to go for basketball practice. See ya.